All right, so here we are, episode number four, Chasing Waypoints podcast. Uh, missed a week out there with uh, an election and some other stuff going down, but we are back. And this episode is going to be about, and if you guys already read the title, is the absolute best helmet out there. This isn't a comparison video. I'm going to tell you which is the absolute best helmet out there. Bar none. Everybody, come to the table. Bring them all. So, stay tuned. We'll get uh, that info over to you. Alright. So, been doing a lot of thinking. Got a bunch of different lids floating around the house. Tried a few of them working at Bike Bandit and, you know, working... uh, in the industry, I've gotten a chance to try on a few different lids and and really kind of figure out what you know uh, what is the absolute best helmet out there. Um, and I, I was you know was kind of surprised uh, with the answer. And many of you guys are probably thinking, um, you know, wow, all right, we're gonna find out what the absolute best helmet is from some guy in wool um, that you know doesn't know a whole lot about anything but no uh it's it's very interesting um to think about like how this whole helmet thing works and um working at a motorcycle shop i got to talk to a lot of different people about helmets and what they're looking for and you know usually it's like i want the quietest helmet ever like i want to be able to hear myself fart at 90 miles an hour down the highway like i want to hear that and you know you think about it and it's like okay well you know, what are they after? And, and a lot of times back then, you know, when I was there, it was, well, Schubert. Schubert is known as the quietest helmet. But the thing that we found out quickly is, is that nine out of ten people that came into the shop that were looking for a Schubert helmet wanted the Schubert helmet because it was Schubert, not because it was the helmet that fit them. They were, were going to ride a BMW motorcycle and they wanted to wear a Schubert helmet. This is not knocking Schubert for their helmets. They are actually really, really nice quality. Um, I wish my head fit in one of them, uh, but it just doesn't. And so many people, you know, I I don't know what to compare it to. That you know, it's like you get that pair of shoes and they just don't have it in your size, but somehow you're going to shrink your foot, you know, six sizes because you have to be wearing those shoes, or they're a size bigger, and you know, you have to be wearing. Well, I'll just double up the socks. And I'll just wear them that way. And so a lot of people would literally like shoehorn these things. And like saying it looked like canned sardines, you know, shoved into these helmets um, is a pretty accurate comparison. Maybe more like spam. You know, just absolutely like I'm talking like you could hear the suction when the helmet came off. And the thing is, is, I mean, poking fun at it, but. The whole deal was is that you know people wanted that brand. That brand helmet had gotten such prestige amongst BMW riders that they wanted to wear that helmet. Like if you had a BMW, you got to wear that helmet. You got to buy that helmet. You know, and I, you know, cool. You know, more power to you. But something that I learned because I was guilty of this myself. I remember as a kid going into the helmet shop when my parents would take me, and it was like, or to the motorcycle shop, and it was like. You know, all right, we got to get you a helmet. You know, you're going to be rioting and whatnot. And it's like, you know, you're looking around and you're like, you're just picking it on the design. Oh, this looks cool. 
you know, oh, look, this has got all these fancy lines and this is cool. And, you know, so whatever it was that you were into at that time, you know, and now nowadays, I mean, they've got a lid for everything. I mean, everything you're in anime. They got it. You know, you want to look like um, the monster power ranger, you know, all the logos on it and everything. And, you know, you want to support your favorite motorcycle rider. They've got it. There's a helmet out there that's got it. Now they've got, you know, HJC has been doing their Marvel uh, series or Marvel licensed helmets and. You know that's pretty cool. Uh, I've I've even seen some helmet covers that you can wear while you're riding and make you look like the uh, Sesame Street characters. So helmets, there's a ton of them out there. There's a ton of different designs and stuff like that. But the absolute best helmet out there, right? Bring them all to the table. Just the one helmet that's just that good. That's the search. That's what people are, are you know really looking forward. To and and looking for, and I think that a lot of people get onto the forums and you know, well, I'm thinking of buying this helmet, uh, but I'm thinking about buying that helmet, and it's probably the second best question to ask, besides what oil you should be running in your motorcycle. Now, I believe that you should ask internet forums what oil you should be running, um, and I say that as sarcastic as possible because the same thing happens. Somebody had a good experience with something. It's never let them down. So therefore, they feel like that is the absolute best. So the best helmet. What is going to be the best helmet? Well, to be honest, kind of hinting at it is that. It's the one that you've had the best experience with. And well, what makes up a best experience? Well, there's a lot of things that go into it. So story time. Um... When I grew up, I remember you know, you would look at all of these racers out there, and you had you know the Johnny Campbells of the world, and you had um, Larry Rossler, and you know way back you know the Danny Hamels and the all of these guys, and it was usually it was like Bell or it was you know or Arai, right? Arai was in it for a long time, but Bell was a very big player in helmets, still is. And you grew up, and I was like, wow, I want one of those helmets. And the Bell, you know, Moto 3 or whatever it was. I wore one of those when I was a kid. And But I always remember Arai sticking out as one of the helmets that was like, oh, you know. So three, four years back, I started working on BMW. And, you know, we were, we were at that point had a couple of Arai helmets in stock. And uh, they were kind of getting rid of them because not a lot of people were into them. Everybody wanted modular. Everybody wanted the thing to flip up in the front. So they could take a sip of their Starbucks without having to take this, the whole helmet off. So, or in my case, it would have been to eat a taco. But I didn't like the idea of that if you crashed, that the hinges may not hold and the front of the helmet may come apart. And may not have the best looking mug in the industry, but I kind of like how it looks. And I like my jaw where it is. So I'd rather not wear a modular helmet personal preference so some people are listening to this going oh, this guy's full of shit well cool let's say you ride the helmet that you want i've seen guys that you know like if it was up to them they would literally cut a football and strap it to their head and call it good and go do 90 miles an hour down the highway you know so that's cool more power to you but anyway i digress awry they're on their way out so you know i'm gonna go try one of these on and i'm just gonna see and they happened to have an XL, and it was or a two XL, and the colors I really wasn't too wild about, but you know I was like, oh, I'm gonna try it on, you know. 
So I went over to the helmet rack, grabbed the thing, and then slid it on. And it was one of those feelings like home. You know, you finally put a helmet on, you put a pair of shoes on that you know it just just fits just right. And you're like, oh, this is my helmet. And it was really interesting because I had never felt that before with a helmet. It literally felt like they measured my head and said, okay, here you go. And then I looked at the price tag and said, that makes sense. That does feel like a custom-tailored helmet. You know, the Rise are more expensive. They're on the higher end of the of the spectrum, you know, what, six, $700, something like that. So they're, they're up there. Um, but, you know, they're, they're good. I mean, they're a really good helmet. They're very, very comfortable. They breathe absolutely amazing. Um, so for me that I run hot, the Arai XD4 really worked for me. And... But I learned, you know, with that, I learned a couple of things that were really, um, like, really, really true. That helmet was a huge learning experience for me. And it was, you know, one, the fit, right? Trying helmets on and figuring out which one fits you. Now, in the age of COVID and all this stuff, trying a helmet on is going to be a little bit harder. But there's some things that we can do to get around that. And we'll go over that in a minute. But once I had the helmet on, I was like, okay, this is going to be my helmet. Got it. And then I get it and, you know, finally uh, go out to wear and we're talking and, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, you got the Arai. Ah, man. I wish you would have reached out to me, dude. I would have told you what oil to run on that. Um, And, you know, I just start getting this kind of feedback like, oh, you know, it's super loud. It's super loud, but it breathes really well. But that's why it's loud. And that's what I was like, okay, well, you know, fair enough. And I I wear earplugs. And by then I had already figured out that I was going to do. Uh, make my own custom molded earplugs so that I could run a Cena directly to earbuds and then put them in my ears. So the sound quality would be, you know, on par with the set of earbud headphones, if not better, because they're actually completely sealed, right? They're not like the ones that just sit there in your ear and they get yanked out every other step. So anyway, so I got it, went on the first ride and yeah, it was a little bit loud. I'm going, huh. But this was when I was riding the F800GS Adventure. And the F800GS Adventure is known for having a windscreen that's rather tall, blocks wind, but it does cause buffeting in the helmets. And that was the second thing that I learned, was a lot of times when people judge a helmet by, oh, that helmet's super loud. Well, have you tried it on multiple bikes and and seen how they act based on the windshield that you're running? Because, see, that's another thing that we always dealt with at the shop was a lot of people wanted to run a tall windscreen. They wanted the wind protection. And then after this, it was like, well, wait, do you want wind protection because of the helmet or do you want wind protection to keep it off of your body? Because then that becomes an important question because now it's like, well, wait, uh, no, I just want it off of the body. Okay, well, let me tell you something. If we go too tall, it's going to cause more buffeting in the helmet and um, so we either go full send and you got satellite reception you get all the channels including the playboy channel or you go with the medium screen or just barely big enough to say you've got the wind off of your body you have to be honest with the goals of what you're trying to do and why well the first time i stood up uh on this F- f800 with the windscreen and all that stuff i was i stood up and all of a sudden it was quiet I'm going, well, huh, that's interesting. So then I realized, well, yeah, it's in dirty air. So uh, for the people that watch NASCAR out there, 
you know, you've got uh, dirty air, you've got cleaner, or if you're into Formula One or whatever, or Formula Shopping Cart Drift or whatever you, you're into. But dirty air is the byproduct of, or is, is turbulent air. It's that last bit of air that's not really directed in any kind of way that could be blowing from different directions and, and it's just being disruptive. Um, and then clean air is something that's smooth, that, that you know, it's like the water that comes out of the garden hose that's just perfectly smooth and, and it just allows, it, it allows objects to cut through it evenly. So you've got the same amount of airflow on both sides of the helmet at all times in this case. And so, or it's in a very directed manner. Well, yeah, once I stood up, clean air, was ready to go. Well, then you think about it and go, well, wait. These guys, when they design the helmets, you know, you look at like a Shoei X-14 uh, that's meant to go, you know, over 180 miles an hour. Well, the helmet and the aerodynamics, the way that they're designed, they designed that in a wind tunnel with no windshield in front of it. Or if they did put a windshield in front of it, it was a sport bike windshield that was at a certain angle. So most of the helmets out there are designed in a wind tunnel with clean air. Not with dirty air. Dirty air is what happens when you're sitting behind a windshield. So then that threw the argument of that helmet's really loud out the window. Because as soon as I would stand up, the Arai was just as quiet as my Shoei GT Air when I had that one. And the Shoei GT Air, I always thought it was a quiet helmet. Except then I realized, well, wait, I was riding an FZ07 at the time. A naked bike. So that means that the helmet's in clean air the whole time. Well, no wonder it's quiet. I never knew what it sounded like behind a windscreen. So it really makes a difference, the intended use of the helmet and where you're going to be running it and your tolerance for it. You know, if you want, you know, crystal clear audio and all of this stuff, well, you're going to have to get creative. I went the route of earbuds. You know, some people may just not want to do that and they're going to go with, you know, well, I will take the XM satellite version of this windscreen because I want reception of all 50 channels anywhere I am on earth. And they've got this huge satellite of a windscreen and it's protecting the helmet and them and everything behind them and the oncoming or going traffic that's behind them. It's breaking the wind for them. So, you know, it, it that's, that was their choice. That's what they want to run and that's what they want to do. And cool. We will respect that. Um, I will caution though, if that is on an adventure bike, um, you would be you would be smart I don't want to say smart because I don't want to tell anybody what to do but let's say it's in your best interest to not be running a tall windscreen when you're out in the dirt on an adventure bike um, you have to remain fluid on these bikes on a motorcycle uh, it's in it's in dust to glory and on you got to be a moving target. You have to be moving and shifting weight and forward and back and every every corner and every time you hit something, you've got to be moving around. You got to be doing. You're going to be standing up. And the last thing you want to do is karate chop yourself with a tall windscreen because you were leaning over, thinking you had the upper body strength to keep you up, and then that rock or that dip or that whoop or that rain rut had a completely different game plan for you. So it's best to try and not run too tall of a windscreen if you're riding adventure bikes out there. And if you do, cool. Keep the old one. When you go hit the dirt, you know, you're going to put some dirt miles in. Live with it. You know, put the put that short one back on there. Get that low one on there. And then wear earplugs or, you know, do do something different. And 
And for those that say, oh, I'm not going to be able to hear traffic and all that stuff. You know what? Actually, you could hear traffic just fine. You know, yeah, it's not as loud, but you got to think about how loud a helmet gets and what it's doing to your ears and while you're trying to ride. Well, if you get rid of that wind sound, you start to hear the traffic more clearly, which is kind of weird, but it's true. So moving forward, Arai XD4 taught me a few things, right? So one, it was the helmet fit, and then two was the dirty air, clean air, and, and what makes a helmet loud. Well, the other thing that it taught me was something very important, and it kind of ties in with number one, which is the fit. The Rye is designed for an intermediate oval head shape. Now, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, it's head shapes. If you could take a camera, take a drone, look down, see the bald spots and everything else, but more so is if you could draw a circle around the top of your head, what shape would that circle be? Would it be a perfect circle? Would it be an intermediate oval? Would it be a, um, I don't know the other terminology, but which way does the oval go? Does it go front to back or does it go side to side or is you perfect circle? That is very important because what that is is that the helmets inside that foam is cut a certain shape. And what I found with the Arai is being an intermediate oval, it was like, wait, this fits my head perfectly. No hot spots. Um, these aren't like shoes where you say, oh, they'll break in. You know, I just got to walk 600 miles and they'll be good to go. Uh, boots, same thing. You know, the Garnet SG12s that I had. Great boot, absolutely awesome. Couldn't feel the controls if my life depended on it, which I felt that at one point it might. And I ended up getting rid of them, but it was because I felt like they were way too stiff for the type of riding that I was doing. But the thing was, is after a year, I still hadn't ridden them enough to break them in. So helmets, uh, it's not going to take a year to break in. They're just only going to break in a certain amount. And usually it's only the cheek pads. And so if you have a hot spot, it's probably the foam, the hard foam that's in there that's not exactly shaped to your head. Well, what do you do in that case? You try another helmet. I'm sorry, that Climb Creos helmet uh, is not designed for your head shape. And as much as you want to shove your head into it, you could do so. It'll fit. It's just not going to feel as good. So that's the whole, that was the whole thing that I learned because I too, I was like, Oh, I want to climb Creos. It's like, dude, I carbon fiber helmet weighs like negative six pounds. You know, it's got the shield, the transition shield on it and all of this stuff. And I was like, dude, I'm all about that helmet. And then I tried it on. You know, I tried two sizes on, one my normal and one larger, and I had the same thing. Within two minutes, I had a hot spot, and I could literally feel it putting pressure on the front of my head. Going, well, that's not going to work because I'm supposed to be wearing this helmet for five hours at a time. You know, if I'm going to go do a long ride and I'm really trying to cancel some miles out, you know, so I decided, all right, well, the Creos is not for me. So you know, I'm not going to force the issue. I'm going to find, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick with the helmet that I've got and because it fits my head. And once you get into that and once you know what size you wear in a helmet. So that's the other thing, too, is a lot of people want to say, well, I wear a large. Yeah. 
And I've seen guys, too, that also say they wear a large and the buttons are the hardest working thing in the room. And, you know, and I'm a bigger guy. So if you're going to throw, you know, trust me, I know when a shirt fits just a little too much like sausage casing versus um, wind sail, for instance. So the whole thing is, is you got to, one, know your size, what works. But then also be fluid with that and know that no, well, what I the helmet that fits me is the helmet that fits me, and it's very simple. It's just try on different sizes and, and try on different brands, and you know, hey, you might be team showy, and you know, you got showy tattooed on your ass and just on your left cheek, you know, whatever. That's cool, but maybe HJC fits that much better. And if that's the case, well, wouldn't you be, wouldn't you rather be riding a helmet that feels comfortable that you don't feel like you're wearing it at all? You know, then that would be. And I and I can't tell you how many people I saw try on the Schubert helmets, and instantly I knew that it was not the helmet for them. Oh, it fits fine, yeah, with the lid up, and then they close it and go, ooh, you know, the lid barely closes, or it doesn't, or or it closes and it tightens down even more because now. The helmet can't open from the bottom from the cheek area. The Schubert's, I feel like, are made for like a perfect circle head, you know. So it wasn't going to fit the majority of us. But anyway, so got to that. Fast forward and go, well, you know, it comes time to leave. And then I get a bike and I got the 790 Adventure R. Uh, and I decided, well, you know what? I'm going to need a dirt helmet for it. I go, well, I have one. I got an HJC that was made back in, like, I think I got that helmet back in, like, I got that helmet when the 400EX first came out. That was the helmet I bought when the Honda 400EX came out. And I think that was, like, 95, 4, something like that. I still have it, you know. But it was the helmet that I bought on the paint job. I wouldn't wear it now because, well, you know, it dries out and whatnot. But it was an HJC, and I remember at the time it fit. I don't know how it fits now, you know. But I said, well, I'm going to find a helmet. And a lot of people recommended the HJC, the I-50. Relatively inexpensive, good helmet. They do have their own version of MIPS in it, and, you know, it's it was a cool helmet. I liked the design of it. And what I was looking for, because something that I noticed with the Arai was that the mouthpiece was kind of close to my mouth so it was difficult to get a drink tube in there and that kind of stuff and I go well that's you know I just pull the helmet down and go from the top no big deal um, so then I said well I'm going to try that one on and I never got a chance well I got a chance I went to a motorcycle store uh, here in El Cajon and tried one on and I said okay cool I found my size working in the industry I was like well I'm going to go through the industry and figure that out well one thing or another and it didn't line up so I just said, all right, you know, it is what it is. I knew it was going to be an inexpensive helmet, and, you know, I knew that it was it would work for what I needed to do. I didn't want to invest a ton of money because then I thought, well, I don't really ride 100% dirt all the time, so for everything else, I'm just going to continue to use the Arai, you know. And then once I got it to fit even better, you know, figuring out what cheek pad sizes and the crown pad size and all of that stuff, like my Arai helmet is super, super comfortable, and it's because... I took the time to buy different pads. Yes, it gets expensive, quote-unquote, but once you know the sizing, it's like, it's magic. So, I didn't get the i50. 
I got the 790. I did some riding. I've been riding the Orion. No big deal. But then I was like, no, you know. Well, things changed, and I ended up leaving uh, the BMW BMW dealership. Um, And as a like a last, you know, one of the last things that I was going to do because I was leaving the industry um, to go work for another company, and I said, well, this is going to be my last purchase, and. I bought the Alpine Star SM8 uh, helmet, and I was like, "Well, I, you know, I wanted the SM10 because Ricky Brabeck wears the SM10, and that's all carbon fiber, and that's super light, and he's super fast. So, if I wear that helmet, I'll be at least a little faster, uh, which is completely false, but you know, one can dream." So I got the SM8. The difference is, is fiberglass versus carbon fiber, so uh, like a couple hundred grams, you know, heavier. Not that big a deal. So, but I already knew my recipe. What did I do? I looked up, you know, I went to one of the websites, figured out the head shape that it's designed for. And when I saw there was intermediate oval, I go, all right, thumbs up. We've got a winner. So I ordered up the helmet. Then I, right behind it, I ordered up the helmet. A couple weeks later, I went and I, after trying it on and trying to mess with the settings in it to figure out which was the fit, the correct fit for me, I said... Well, I'm going to order the different size cheek pads and crown pad. Same thing. Just like the Arai, I'm going to experiment with the combination of it. Because sometimes it's like the, for my size, it's like the 2XL uh, crown, but running the XL cheek pads. Or the XXL cheek pads with running a, a XL crown pad. Once you get a chance to experiment with these helmets and figure out what cheek pad size and what your what fits you now it's a custom fit helmet and it just feels that much better so i was like well i'm gonna do that with this one you know and so i did it i got it to fit the one thing to me on the sm8 that i just didn't kind of like as much uh was it was very similar to the awry and with my head shape and jawline that the the front chin bar was kind of close still it had more room than the Arai, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same fit as the Arai, but it wasn't as spacious as I wanted it to be. Um, was, you know, it wasn't a deal breaker. You know, it was like, well, hell, it's more room than the Arai. You know, that'll be fine. Helmet still light. It's lighter than I feel like it's lighter than the Arai. You know, I don't have the exact measurements, but you know, seat of the pants or top of the head or wherever you want to put it. Um, it just. It feels felt like a good helmet. So then we're set, I'm ready. I've got the thing dialed in. I put the Cena on it, and that thing is bitching, and I'm liking it, and I'm ready to go with it, and you know, hadn't thought about it. And then Bike Bandit decides to have a sale, and then I go down there and meandering through, I run into uh, my buddy Travis and a couple of the other guys, Ivan, that I know and known for years, and. Uh, as I'm looking at the helmets, I'm going, oh, look, it's an I-50, and it's on, like, super discounted sale. And I'm like, well, hell, I'll take it for that much, you know? And so I had the thing under my arm. I was ready to go, and I'm like, all right. And then Travis from across the is, hey, Vic. I'm like, what? And he goes, uh, try this one on. And he, op- I see the box come out, and I go, I recognize the logo from across the room, and it's a black box with copper writing on it, and it's Climb. Black box and copper automatically assumed it was going to be pricey. So I walk over there, and of course, it's a climb helmet. And it's 
their F3 carbon helmet. And I pick up the box without opening it, and I pick it up, and I'm going, so you're selling me the box or the helmet? Or both. And he goes, just check it out. Try it on. All right. I looked at the size. It's a double X, triple XL? Triple XL? I don't know. So it's like triple XL. I go, no way. I'm going to be swimming in this thing. But then I remembered, wait, helmet sizing works different for different companies, depending on the size. So, all right. So I tried it on. Well, first of all, it didn't feel like I had a helmet on because the thing is so light. But then I noticed that the cheek pads and everything are going, wait, you know what? This thing doesn't fit as loose as I thought it was going to be. I'm going, great. You know, here's another six pounds in my cheek. That's probably why. But I thought, no, you know what? This thing actually fits pretty good. And then I said, well, you know what? I know they make cheek pads for this, so I could order. And I ultimately did. I ordered the cheek pads for the next size down. Got those, slid them in. And that, I am very surprised at how well that helmet fits. I actually like the way it fits better than the Alpine Star for me. So... Some people, Alpine Stars is going to be the name of the game, right? I want to be like Ricky. What would Ricky do? And, or any, you know, pick them, whoever you want. Whoever your rock star, you know, favorite guy is and you want to support the brand, go for it. But understand that there's probably something that's going to fit you better if that doesn't fit. And just because that fits really, really good doesn't mean the next helmet you try on is going to fit even better than that. You know, you got to try stuff. You know, to find your find your groove, find the one that you really like, and not be afraid to jump brands, and not be afraid to jump sizes and, and all that stuff. You know, oh, I don't like the design. Well, you know what? Well, go pay somebody. You know, the the cholo down the street to tag it up for you. And you know, what color you want it? Is it? You know, it it doesn't matter. Like the buying on with your eyes, which a lot of us do, and I'm guilty of that. And and then there's the shiny object syndrome. Oh my gosh, it's like. I know they just released this helmet, but they just released this helmet, and I want that one. You know, you get shiny object syndrome, and I'm guilty of that. You know, that's that. <laughs> most motorcycle guys, I think, are whether they admit it or not. Eventually, they will, and you know, denial is the uh, not only a river in Egypt or whatever that stupid jet dad joke is. You know, it's one of those things that you you have to be willing to to experiment to find the right thing for you. Um, now, if that company is writing your checks, that's a different story, you know. Uh, Rob, one of the guys that I used to work with at Bike Bandit, you know, he said, "Well, the cure to a EPS liner, the the liner that's not finnerized, you take a cue ball to it, and you really just smash it in." I guess that's good for minor adjustments, but if you're gonna spend six, seven hundred dollars on a helmet, wouldn't you rather it just fit? You know, that's the deal. So, so anyway, ended up with the ended up with the climb uh, F three. Ordered the cheek pads. The thing fits awesome. It's super stupid light, um, and I'm looking forward to putting some miles on it soon. I'm supposed to maybe go riding uh, this coming weekend. We'll see how everything shakes down, but uh, that might be the time to break it in and kind of get used to it. So, I think that. To summarize it, and and kind of, I think we're getting, we got some time under our belt. But anyway, to 
deliver what I promised. What is the best helmet out there? The absolute best helmet. Well, it's the one that fits. It sounds pretty stupid and anticlimactic and whatever else you want to call it. But at the end of the day, it's the biggest truth that's out there. If you're a racer, you're going to go do business in this helmet. And the only thing you want to be focused on is your lines, your pace. You've got a hundred other things that are more directly related to winning a race than the helmet being a little bit too tight. Now, if you think about it, you know, if things don't fit right, right? We come from, from desert racing. That's my background is, has been desert racing and it was in cars. So I remember, I remember being at the mint 400 when they relaunched and we were racing a class 10 car. And I remember that my helmet, it fit good. It just didn't fit quite right. And after 200 miles, the heat and just the drive and just whoops and just, I mean, this beat up awful, you know, I was at wit's end and I don't ever recall ever wanting out of a car so bad before I was looking forward to handing the car off so bad. And, and that's when I realized that all the little things like that, something as simple as that hot spot on your helmet that doesn't fit quite right. The speakers from the helmet rubbing up against your ears just that little bit when you try it on well it doesn't feel that bad but miles down the road and in a shitty situation excuse me in a horrible situation in a place where you're pushing yourself and it's been a long day and you're frustrated and all that stuff the more things you can eliminate from contributing to that the better off you're going to be you have to be in a very mentally ready to go state if you're racing or if you're riding a motorcycle in a motorcycle it's all the time because you ride the highways you got to ride like everything's trying to kill you and when you go into the dirt you got to ride like everything's trying to kill you and if you have something that's bothering you right now not a big deal 50 miles down the road after you've been pushing and you're tired and you're just getting to the end of your rope then they become an issue. And then they can even become such a big issue that they're actually the last straw. I am done with this helmet. I have to take my helmet off. I am done with these boots. I have to take these boots off. I am done with this backpack. It's just my shoulders are toast. You know? All of these things come into play. The bike not being set up just right. Oh, my wrists hurt. Oh, the handguards are in the way. Oh, the whatever. You know, there's 32 pounds of air, and it should have only been 21.865, 309, or 867.5309, or whatever, you know, air pressure you decide to run in your car, or tire, uh, motorcycle, or car. You know, all of that stuff becomes a thing when you're trying to push yourself and while you're doing something. And, and on motorcycles and adventure riding and all that stuff, sometimes pushing yourself is going to come at you in a different way. Hey, you know what? We're going to have to blow by this campsite and we're going to have to go do this because we took so long 
do that. So now you're going to end up adding a 50 or 60 mile loop to your ride because you know that it is in your best interest to do that. So, so you have to be a hundred percent with your gear. And I think that the helmet is the number one thing that will ruin your ride in a hurry. If you buy it for the wrong reasons, if you buy it, even though you know it doesn't fit, if you don't take the time to sit there and fit it on and, and look, you know, and look stupid, walk around the house with it, let your neighbor see you with it, you know, and, and what, what you're trying to do is figure out, is this helmet going to be an issue and where is this issue? And if this issue exists, how do I fix this issue? So then that way it's not an issue when you're out on the trail, you know, makes sense. So best helmet out there, the one that fits regardless of the brand or the size or whatever it is certain safety things, certain things you want to like MIPS is kind of like a have to nowadays um, because of the way that that works. Um, you know, but the next thing is, is the comfort, you know? So, so take your time, try helmets on. Uh, if you're going to buy them online, be ready to return them, you know, and, and don't settle, you know, and, and find the right helmet and you're going to know because you're going to put it on and you're going to go, Oh, and that's when you know you found the right helmet. So anyway, so that about does it for this episode. I will be back. Probably going to record something else tonight. I owe you guys an episode. So uh, like I said, it's been a hectic week, but I've got some time to throw down an episode. And I figured, well, let's talk about helmets on this one. So there you have it. So like, subscribe, share. Uh, you can find me on Instagram with uh, chasing waypoints underscore official, uh, or just type in chasing waypoints into Google, and uh, I don't know. Uh, up until now, it hasn't been any porn found, but you know if they do, I'm I'm gonna work on the copyright of the name because you never know. Chasing waypoints could be a good adult film production company. Hmm, ideas. Anyway, so hope you guys have a good week. We will see you guys. For the next episode, episode number five, and we will see what we've got in store for you on that one.